Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitman. Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could feel free to join me in conversation. Give us a call from North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers are, of course, available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. It's been quite a week, quite an interesting week. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I saw this article, and it just blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. The uh, article appeared in the Jerusalem Post, and it's very rare that an article in the Jerusalem Post would blow my mind. Uh, so it's an extremely rare thing. But this article blew my mind. Uh, the headline of the article was, Iran commander threatens to kidnap and enslave Netanyahu. So the IRGC commander, Mojtaba Fada said that Iran would frog-march Netanyahu to Iran wearing a leash and a slave collar. Okay, this blew my mind. Now, now I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. First of all, who advocates slavery in 2022? That's, that's, that's really a, a, a strange thing to be saying, that we want to take this guy, put him in a slave collar, and make him our slave. That seems to be an odd thing to say in 2022, where, where wokeness has taken over 90% of the world and and, you know, talking about slavery, even, even in a historical context, is a big no-no. So, so for, for a commander for, of, of an army, for a country, speaking on behalf of a country, says that he wants to take the leader of another country into <laughs> and put on a slave leash and a slave collar and frog march him to their country so he could be a slave to them for the rest of his life, seems to me to be a little politically incorrect, maybe a little against woke culture. But alas, the target of the of the comment was Benjamin Netanyahu, the uh, soon-to-be uh, past and current and forever prime minister of the state of Israel. So I, I, the world hasn't freaked out. The only article I've seen covering this particular story was in the Jerusalem Post. In North America, it's the only article I've seen. It seems odd. It seems a it seems crazy, if you ask me, that that a leader of a United Nations recognized country could threaten the leader of another United Nations recognized country, and there'd be no condemnation at the United Nations. There'd be no comment from the Security Council. There would be no no comment from 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 Israeli allies who say, "Hey, wait a second, you can't say that about the leader of another of another country, uh, about the leader of one of our allied countries." But a leader of a country that we support, that we like, that we that we that we give money to, that we supply arms to, you you can't do this. This is unacceptable. This is this is unheard of. Whoever heard of a of a commander of a, of a military chief in a country saying that they want to frog march in a leash and a slave collar the leader of another country, and there's no condemnations. Nobody. I I I, I did a sweep. I did a search. There's no condemnations. Nobody cares that Iran wants to kidnap the past and future president, prime minister of the state of Israel and, and put him into slavery in Iran. Now, now let's put aside for one second. Well, we'll come back to it, but we'll put aside for just a second the idea that slavery exists in the world, which it does, mostly in, mostly in countries that America liberated. But we'll put that aside for, for half a second and think about how insane this threat is and how insane, extremely insane, the world reaction to this threat is. So Iran has been threatening to, to annihilate Israel for years. This is not a secret. Uh, Netanyahu pointed this out last time he was prime minister, that, that Iran has been threatening to destroy Israel for as far back as we can remember. And the world has done nothing, really, nothing at all, except for sign a nuclear deal where Iran could, could, could produce nuclear weapons, of course, uh, you know, because why not help the people who want to destroy Israel destroy Israel? So let's give them some nuclear weapons and see what happens there. So, so aside from that, 
nothing else has really happened to Iran with their threats to commit genocide against the Jewish people of Israel. So I, I always, I always, always, always believe my enemy when they tell me they want to kill me. I always believe my enemy when they say they want to destroy my country. I always believe my enemy when they say they want to kidnap the future and past prime minister of the state of Israel and frog march him to their country in a leash and a slave collar. I believe them. I believe it's a threat. I believe it's a real threat, and I believe that it should be taken seriously, even though it sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? But it should be taken seriously. And why the world is not taking it seriously, even Israel's really not taking it all that seriously, why they're not taking it all that seriously is beyond me. Because we, we don't learn from our mistakes. We never learn from our mistakes. And this is really the, the problem I have with world politics, the problem I have with society in general, is that we don't learn from history. We don't teach our kids the value of learning history, and that's, that's the problem. I remember a couple of weeks ago I told you a story about a grade 5 student who came up to me and said to me, hey, why do I have to learn history? What is the purpose of learning history? The purpose of learning history, I can answer it right now, that the purpose of learning history in school, any history in school, is to understand and, and understand clearly that when one side says we want to destroy the other side, and one side says, we want to take the leader of the other side and enslave him and kill him. They mean it. They mean it. There, there should be no debate. There should be no, there should be no thought that somebody who says, we want to go and destroy somebody else and destroy another country, doesn't mean it. Of course they mean it. And they will do it given the opportunity. So if we could learn that lesson, and that is the only lesson of history that's important. Everything else is just story. But that is the important lesson of history, that, when, that everything happens in cycles. So, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, somebody said, I'm going to go destroy these people, and then they went and destroyed these people. Then you got to believe everybody who says, I'm going to go destroy these people. The precedent's been set. And the second we start ignoring genocidal maniacs, that are calling for the genocidal murder of people, any people, the second we start ignoring that, then what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for another genocide. We're setting ourselves up for, for a genocide. Because trust me, it might take five years, 10 years, 15 years. Iran will eventually get around to attacking Israel, get around to trying to fulfill their goal of destroying Israel. I remember uh, maybe maybe 25 years ago, Ayatollah Khomeini, the late Ayatollah Khomeini, had, was interviewed on 60 Minutes with Mike Wallace, the late Mike Wallace. And, and the interview was fascinating, and, and I can't find it anywhere. I've, I've searched high and low. I can't find this interview anywhere. But it was on to 60 Minutes about 25 years ago where Mike Wallace asked Ayatollah Khomeini, he asked him, he said, you, you, you have nuclear bombs or you want to have nuclear bombs, because even back then they were talking about nuclear bombs. You want to have nuclear bombs. And if you nuke a country and the country sends nukes back to you, and I believe they were talking about Israel at the time, if you nuke Israel and Israel sends their nukes back at you, and 98% and of your people die, aren't you afraid that as a leader, don't you have a responsibility to protect your people? So by threatening uh, a genocidal attack on another country, uh, knowing that they're going to retaliate and commit uh, commit an attack on your country, which might kill all your people. Don't you have a responsibility to your people? And I remember the chilling response that Ayatollah Khomeini gave at the time. The Ayatollah Khomeini said, and, I, I, and if you can find a video, please send me the link. I'd like to see it. Again, the Ayatollah answered, says, I'm not afraid of that. If they return the nuclear bomb into my country, and 98%, 99% of my people die, and there's only one man and one woman left. If I had destroyed the infidels, then it was worth it, and my people still survive because this man and this woman could procreate. So as long as there's a man and a woman who could have a baby, then my people live on. That was his answer. How chilling is that? I'm willing, to, he was saying, I am willing to sacrifice millions of people to achieve my goal of destroying what I consider an infidel, a country that exists 
that is contrary to Islam. When you have genocidal maniacs out there, like like the Ayatollah Khomeini, thank God he's dead, but but there are other ones, like this commander Mojaba Fada, who, who works under, under the current Ayatollah. When you have these guys that exist, that believe that they believe that that their philosophy, their ideology comes before anything else, and that they could go and kill people because they disagree with them, and they don't believe in the same things that they believe in, then you got to take them seriously. You can't just ignore it. And the world ignoring it, there's no condemnations, and no 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 concern really that this is a serious threat, is it, very concerning to me. Because we all know that when there's a threat in the Middle East against Israel, there's a threat against Jews right across the world. That the attack doesn't only happen in Israel, but happens right across the world to Jews everywhere. So we we got to be vigilant. We got to watch this stuff. We got to we got to understand that that we are not safe. That there are people out there who want to commit a genocide against us again. One genocide last century wasn't enough. They want a second one. And then a third one. They want to finish the job that the Christians and the Nazis didn't finish. This is their goal. And they could tell you all they want, that, you know, that, that we separate Jews from Israel and Israel from Jews. But as long as Jews in, around the world are being attacked, and they are on a daily basis, there is no separation at all. I'm Howie Stubberger. This is Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join in the conversation. You can call in for shows live uh, in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, you can dial 0265-00151. Those numbers are, of course, available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So, um... It's live. It's live on uh, on on Wednesdays. So if if you're listening on uh, on Wednesday morning in Israel or at midnight Wednesday in North America, we are live. You could call in. Uh, if you're listening at any other time, well, then the show is recorded and you could call in, but I, I won't be answering you. All right. So um, so we were talking about the uh, Iran Iranian commander Mot Mojata Fada saying that Iran would frog march Netanyahu to Iran wearing a leash and a slave collar. Uh, an extremely strange, odd, and, uh, and disturbing threat made against a world leader. And, and the same day that that happened, two men were arrested in connection with online threats to attack a New York City synagogue. So once again, Jews in New York... Are in, are in danger of being attacked. So, so Iran, I don't know if there's a correlation, but there are usually, there's usually some kind of connection here. And I can't imagine that the connection is is, is, is a very tight one, but, but when, when, when a world leader, when a world Jewish leader, the leader of the Jewish state, is, is, is attacked, is threatened harshly by another country, and then Jews are, threat, are attacked in New York City, there's usually a correlation between the two. Although Jews have been attacked in New York City for a couple of years already, unfeathered attacks against Jews in broad daylight, nobody seemed to care. But uh, two men were arrested in connection to online threats. Now, the online threats were caught by, uh, by, by a Jewish organization. One Jewish organization has caught these online threats, alerted the authorities. And two, were less, two men were arrested um, and arraigned on multiple charges over the weekend. Among the charges... Uh, among the charges, this guy Christopher Brown, who's 21 years old, uh, faces a terroristic threat and criminal possession of a weapon. And uh, and his buddy, Matthew Maurer, faces charges including criminal possession of a weapon and criminal possession of a firearm, according to the court documents. Now, they were both denied. Uh, one was denied bail, and the other one was uh, bail was set at $150,000 cash or $300,000 bond. Uh, I don't know why. 
if they were armed and dangerous and threatening to blow up a synagogue, that's what they were threatening to do. Why anybody would be released on bail, but that's that's New York, and uh, New York uh, has this, uh, this this law that says you know if you commit a criminal act, they don't hold you in prison. Now, as alleged, the two defendants possessed high a uh, firearm, a high capacity magazine, ammunition, and an eight inch long military knife, uh, military style knife. One of them had a swastika arm patch, a ski mask, and a bulletproof vest, amongst other things. They were picked up at uh, Penn Station. Uh, as they were getting off a train at Penn Station on the way to the synagogue to use their weapons at a Manhattan synagogue. Now, New York Police Commissioner Keenchant Sewell announced the arrest of the two men in a statement on Saturday. So they were heading to the synagogue on a Saturday morning where they knew that everybody that the synagogue would be busy and uh, they were going to attack the synagogue and kill Jews. That's that was that was the goal, right? And um they they moved the, the authorities found them in the in Penn Station and moved quickly to arrest them and uh, and it, it is extremely 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 uh, disturbing that this happened in New York yet again New York City a city where Jews have been attacked on the streets in broad daylight where the governor of New York and the mayor of New York blame Jews for the COVID outbreak and where um and, and where the largest Jewish population outside of Israel lives. It's extremely concerning that the Jews of New York have been kind of left on, on, to their own devices to protect themselves uh, when when these threats and these these accusations were made against them. And once again, once again, the the world Jewish community has been pretty quiet about us, and uh, and 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 people outside the Jewish community just don't care. But but two men actually were caught in Penn Station with guns and knives on their way to Manhattan to kill Jews. This is 2022, folks. If you say, if you misgender someone, you could go to jail. But you get onto a metro, you get onto a metro or into a subway or into a bus with a knife and a gun, and you could get bail and be back out on the street so you could go and kill more Jews. 2022, right? Yeah. It's shocking. It's It should be shocking to everybody. It should be shocking to everybody in a world where everything is offensive and everybody's so sensitive about everything. Nobody seems to give a darn about Jews. Nobody cared. Really, nobody cared that the Iranian commander threatened the upcoming prime minister of the state of Israel. Nobody cared. Absolutely nobody. I mean, the police arrested two guys with a gun. Uh, that's, that's commendable. But nobody else really cared that two guys with a gun and with uh, bulletproof vests and machetes went to, went, were on their way to the synagogue on a Saturday morning where Jews pray, Shabbat, Jews pray. They were going there to kill Jews. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And then, and then you know, I, I do show after show after show on the show talking about the dangers that Jews face in North America. I spend my time sitting, sitting here talking into this microphone and telling you that life in North America is coming to an end for Jews. And I get emails after I do these shows. I get emails. And, and the emails tell me, Say, say, Howie, what are you talking about? I live safely. I live in uh, New Jersey. I'm safe in New Jersey. What are you talking about? I live in Kentucky. I'm safe in Kentucky. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then a story comes out that two men armed to the teeth were on their way to a synagogue on a Saturday morning to kill Jews. Now, you could say this is an isolated incident, but it's not. We know it's not an isolated incident. How do we know? Because uh, earlier in the day, a, a whole lot of, uh, of black Hebrew Christians, they call them, I don't remember what they call them, black Hebrews, claimed to be, uh, had a big, big demonstration where they marched around saying, the Jews are not Jews, we are the real Jews. It kind of sounds a little bit like the Nazis that were in Charlottetown just, just a few years ago. 
who were chanting the Jews will not replace us. So, so the Nazis did not want the Jew. They didn't want to be Jews. They didn't want the Jews there at all. And these black, these so-called black Hebrews, which are really a, an offshoot of the Nation of Islam, uh, Louis Farrakhan's racist group, an, an anti-Jewish group, these black Hebrews, we're, we're saying the exact opposite. Well, Jews that are now Jews, the Jews that call themselves Jews today, are imposters. We're the real Jews. So the imposter Jews have to get lost. So how do you get lost? You send men with machine guns to synagogues to kill them. Because remember, the theory is always, and the theory has always been, that if if you can't accept my point of view, if you don't believe what I believe, then you don't deserve to live. It used to be that you, you don't deserve to express your opinion. But it's now moving to, if you don't agree with what I believe, then you, you don't deserve to live. If you're a little different than I am, then you don't deserve to live. And Jews will always be different. We are always a different people. It, the, uh, it's, 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 it's amazing when, when people call Jews whites, and then, and then you just think back 50, 60 years ago, and, and, and the, the Nazis said, well, you're not white, you're Jewish. So we're going to have to kill you because you're not white. It, it's it's, it's mind-blowing that we live in a world which cares so much about everything. You know, go and leave a dog in a car for, for 10 minutes while you go to the washroom and, on a long trip. And some idiot's going to be standing there taking a picture of your car and screaming that you're abusing your dog. But two men could be on a subway with guns and knives heading to a synagogue. And there's no major outcry. The Jewish organization that that tipped off the police, that, that found the online threat and tipped off the police, are now pounding their chest saying, Yay, it was us who did it! Yay! Yay! It was us who did it! We found him! We found him! Yay! Well, congratulations. I'm glad that you did find him. I'm glad that they were arrested. But we all know that these Jewish organizations exist for a reason. So, so we, we know why they exist. We don't have to go into that. We know why they exist. But the concept, and the thought, and the idea that your friends and neighbors can still, today, after knowing what happened in Europe in the 1930s and 40s, could still today look at you and say, subhuman that has to be killed should scare us all. And we, we talk about this a lot, that there is, there is a solution to, to the problem, to the, to the problem of Jews living in other people's lands. Jews have to move to their own land and live in their own land. Then they'll be safe. Now, I want to talk about the safety of Israel when we come back from the break, because uh, I had this conversation with somebody just yesterday where we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, should you move to Israel, shouldn't you move to Israel? And the, and the answer was, well, why would I move to Israel? It's not safe. And I thought that was an interesting answer for, for, for a Jew in North America to tell me that they don't feel safe moving to Israel. It's kind of sad knowing what's going on in North America. Hey, we'll get to that after the break. I'm Howie Silberger. Give me a call. North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 02-650-0151. I'm Howie Silberger, political hitman on Israel. News Talk Radio. Political hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join me in the conversation. Number to call in uh, North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 02650151. So I, I said I was talking to somebody, and uh, they said to me, uh, I said, you know, maybe you should consider moving to Israel. North America is pretty dangerous for Jews these days. Uh, Jews, especially in, the, especially in the United States of America, Jews are being attacked almost on a daily basis in New York City, which is the, has the highest concentration of Jews anywhere in the world outside of Israel. 
And so uh, when the highest population of Jews is being constantly attacked, then perhaps it's an indication of what's to come to the rest of the Jews in North America. Perhaps it's an indication that that, that Jewish life in North America are welcome in North America. Uh, this has been a well, very welcoming country for years, but our welcome may be coming to an end. And it may be time to start thinking about, uh, about our exit plan from North America. And he looked at me like I came from Mars. And he said to me, well, where would we go? If we don't stay in North America, where would we go? And I said to him, well, Israel's an option. We should, you, know, you should consider Israel. Israel is the land of the Jews. It's, it's, it's the Jewish state. So, so you know, Israel is a state of Jews, and this is where Jews are. So, so you could live under Jewish sovereignty. And by living under Jewish sovereignty, at least you have the Jewish army protecting you. So maybe that's an, a consideration, an idea. And he looked at me, he said to me, you know, he says, it's very dangerous going to Israel. There are terrorists there. It's extremely dangerous, and I wouldn't want to live in a country that, that, that has terrorists and it's a danger to live in. And I, th- I thought about it for a second. Uh, you know, sometimes they throw this, uh, people throw arguments at you and, you, and you have to think about them for a second. And this argument I thought about for a second, because it's true. There isn't anybody in Israel who doesn't know somebody who was killed by a terrorist. It's, it's very true. There isn't anybody in Israel who doesn't know somebody who was killed in a war against terrorism or a war against another country that wants to commit genocidal murder against Jewish people. It's very true. There isn't a family in Israel that isn't affected in one way or another by, 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 uh, by, by the enemies that surround Israel. That isn't affected one way or another by, um, by, by a child being in an army or a child, or child, God forbid, dying. It, there isn't a family in Israel that hasn't experienced the loss and the pain and the emotion of, of sending their young children, their 18-year-old children, into the army and worrying night after night whether they're going to be okay or not. And hearing that their son or their son or their daughter were sent to the front lines, they were sent to uh, the borders or sent somewhere dangerous. And praying that they survive their mission and that God is watching over them. There isn't a family in Israel that hasn't gone through that or won't go through that in, at one point or another. And that's very, very true. But the flip side of that and we always have to look at the flip side. The flip side of that is that the sacrifices the families in Israel make, the sacrifices that the young in Israel make by going to the army and spending some of the formative years of their lives defending their country is what makes Israel special. It's what makes Israel Israel. I... Uh, I remember years ago, there was talk about stopping conscription, that you know, the Israeli army would become a volunteer army and, and they wouldn't be forcing 18-year-olds to be joining the army. They wouldn't be drafting people anymore. And I remember the talk, and I remember thinking at the time, what a terrible idea. You know, the American army is a, is a volunteer army. You, you don't get drafted into the American army. You have to volunteer for the army. And... When you see people who are veterans of the American Army, people who have retired from their post in the American Army, they don't seem overly patriotic. Well, I'll take that back. I'll, I'll change that. Give me, give me one second. Let me, let me explain what I mean. So some veterans come out super patriotic, like to the point where they're, they're nuts about it. And some veterans come out not patriotic at all, not caring about the country saying that they served their time and it was, it was, it was, it was not a very good experience. They, didn't, they never want to be able to do that. They never want to do that again. They never want to, they want to have nothing to do with the country. And they, they are putting their lives on the line to ensure that the Jews of North America and the Jews of Europe and the Jews of Australia and the Jews of South Africa have a place to go if, God forbid, something happens in their countries like another genocide of Jews. It's amazing. When you think about it, it's amazing. Let's go to the phones. We've got a phone call. Let's go to Elrond. 
Elran, welcome to the program. Elran? Hey, Ren. Yeah, hello. Hey, Ren, welcome to the program. Yeah, it's Iran, but thanks. Yeah, um, sorry, Howie, uh, forgive me, but like uh, the volume's really low. I got the volume on full blast on my phone, and I could barely hear you. Is there any way to... Uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. Uh, that happens sometimes with these connections. Uh, there's no way for me to fix it, uh, but uh, but let's let's give it a shot. Let's see if we could uh, we we could talk to each other and uh, and hear each other. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Israel. I, I made Aliyah from Canada about five years ago. Oh, amazing, amazing! So tell me, uh, do you regret making Aliyah? Is it a scary country? Uh, it's not so much regret, but uh, you know, Israel's uh, it's not the easiest place to uh, be. You know, I have family and friends here. I came here many years ago, uh, a few times visiting family and friends, and coming here visiting and coming here living is two totally different worlds. But uh, you know, I have traveled around a lot. You know, I've had a you know I had a real big merit to to, to travel, and I wasn't in Israel about ten years. And if you're a Jew. Uh, this really is your home. You know, it doesn't matter if you're secular or religious. There's something about the land of Israel that's really connected to every Jew. And, uh, and if, you've, if you've had a, a taste of Israel, like if you've ever visited here, it's part of your soul. You know, it really is. I mean, even if you haven't visited here, this is really, this really is our home, you know. And uh, there's really no place like it, you know. I've been uh, to a few different countries, and... Uh, and then I wasn't in Israel. I passed 40 a couple of years ago, and, uh, you know, I wasn't in Israel about 10 years, and I, and I started missing it, you know? And uh, I think every Jew, yeah, I mean, it has to, at some point, get here, because it really is our home, and the world's going insane now in 2022. The whole world is insane. And um, Jews need to come home. They really need to come home, and... Uh, it's a special place. I mean, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It's a tough place to live, but uh, Israel's a magical place. It's such a special place. It really is. Aaron, and, what um, made you decide to leave the comfort of North America to move to Israel? What what, what was your compelling factor that you left? Uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a multi-layered story. You know, a lot of life, uh, big life changes, a lot of uh, twists and turns in the long and winding road of life, you know. But uh, it's not on, like, one foot to tell the whole story. But, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a multi-layered thing. I mean, uh, but if there's any place to be, to live, if you're going to move, um, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest coming to Israel because especially now with, with the way the world is going and uh, it's really, I don't know, it's like biblical what's going on now. You know, the prophets talk about it at the end of days, you know, um, People are fighting God, you know, a lot of uh, these evil political leaders, you know, just, I think they're like the, the reincarnated souls of the Tower of Babel. You know, they're just really fighting God. And, uh, you know, the left wing and the Democrats, it's really like, it's a spiritual war of like anti-God laws versus God's laws. And that's what's going on in the world now. It's like really, it's really biblical. So... You know, it's the darkness before the dawn. It's like the world's insane, and uh, and people need to come home. Jews, Jews need to come come home, come to Israel. And uh, it's a really, it's a magical place. I mean, every city in Israel is such a different world. It's got a different vibe, and from you know all the way up north, all the way down south, in uh, the central part of Israel, it's it's a magical place. Every city here is just such a special energy, such a special vibe. You can definitely find. All the different kinds of people from all over the world are here. And all the different, like, if you need something that's a little more chilled out, you can go up north or down south. If you want a little more action, you can stay in the central part of Israel. And uh, it's, uh, it's a magical place. It's not easy, but it's, it's a magical place. And it's, it's the home of every Jew. It really is. Our soul is connected to this land. So uh, I highly recommend to all the listeners out there to... Uh, to at least visit Israel, you know, make a pilot trip, and you'll get a taste, and it won't leave you, I promise. It's like, really, it's a special place. Israel is a special place. And the divine providence, the that you see here, the people you meet, the discussions you have, it's, it's really a special thing. It's a special thing. 
Aaron, I couldn't sell Israel better than you just did. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. Okay, Howie. You too. All the best. God bless. God bless you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. You could call in too. Numbers call 301 768 4841 in North America and Israel 02650151. You see, there's, there's a guy who moved from North America, moved from Canada to Israel, and, and says, no regrets. No regrets. Not scared, not, not, not nervous about it. Really just happy to be there. It's a magical place. Israel is great. There, there are places that you want a little more action. You can stay you know, in central Israel. You want to be a little more chilled out. You can go to the north. You go to the south if you, if you, if you, you want to visit the south. You go to the south. I mean, Israel is just a great country. And, of course, you have the Jewish army protecting you there. So, so if you feel nervous uh, about moving to Israel, you feel nervous about going to Israel, Go for a visit. See the country for yourself. Don't rely on media reports. Don't rely on what you see on television or what you hear on the radio. Go see it for yourself. You know, when I teach classes, I always tell my students, and this is something I've been doing since the beginning of my career, I've always told my students that never uh, never believe a word I'm saying. Always assume that I'm lying to you when I get into class. Go and do your own research, and then come and prove me wrong. And I've told my students that from day one, and the reason I've told my students that is because if, you know, if, if you're going to take my word for it, then maybe, maybe I'm trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to manipulate you. This is not my goal. My goal is not to manipulate you. My goal is to educate. My goal is to talk to you. My goal is not to convince you to do something you don't want to do. But my goal is to point out the reality of the situation. Now, the reality of the situation is that on Saturday morning, on Shabbat, two men dressed in military outfits with a swastika on their arm, carrying an eight-inch bayonet and a machine gun, were stopped at the train station in Manhattan as they were heading to a Manhattan synagogue to commit a massacre. That is the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is that that uh, a couple of hundred black Hebrews showed up at a rally, showed up in a rally, were yelling that uh, they are the real Jews and the current Jews are not the real Jews. These were the same people who two members just in 2019 shot up a grocery store in New Jersey, a Jewish grocery store in New Jersey, killing, killing two people. So, so. I'm here to point out the reality. Let's go back to the phones. Yuval, welcome to the program. Yuval, do you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, a bit, a bit uh, weak, but I can hear you. Yuval, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Ramat Gan. Oh, cool. All right, what's on your Which mind? Which is outside Yuval? Tel Aviv. Yeah, just outside Tel Aviv. I, I went to Barline University. Right there in Ramat Gan. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a little city. Love it. Yuval, what's on your mind? Uh, I want to tell uh, your listeners that uh, if they live uh, in the non-mixed cities, mixed cities where you find the Arabs and Jews together like Ramle, like Akko, if they live in mostly Jewish cities like Ramat Gan, Fat, uh, Tiberias, they could feel very comfortable. They don't need to be scared, and uh, everything is fine. So, so if you live in mixed cities, uh, it, it's not comfortable. You have to be scared, and and everything's. They not don't fine? need to be. Everything is fine if you're they're living in non-mixed cities. Mixed cities right. where Arabs and Jews live together are like Ramle and Arco, yeah. which sometimes can be problems. But usually, if you live in mostly Jewish cities, no problem. So, so you don't you don't see any problems at all um, in Ramat Gan. You you never have uh, you never have in Ramat Gan no problems. Ramat Sharon no problems. Tel Aviv no problems. Um, you, uh, you don't, it's, uh, I don't know who invented those stories. As I said, most of the uh, problems are only intention uh, are only intention times are in mixed cities. Right. Makes sense. It, it's logical. If you live amongst your people, 
you have much less problems than you if you live with other people. Of course. Yes. What sense. what your listeners have to be more and more are the <clears throat> high prices in Israel. Yeah, but the high prices are everywhere now. So um, the high prices in Israel just kind of match the rest of the world. Yeah, but uh, it, it's not normal for every country to have property prices rise by 20% each year like in Israel. Now, why are the prices going up like that? Do you know? <laughs> Usually because the government doesn't... Uh, doesn't uh, the, I mean, the, the constructors... Don't uh, build enough. You need to build at least 100 to 200,000 apartments each year in Israel, which is not uh, which is not done. And also, don't forget that uh, each year now we are seeing increase in the number of Russian immigrants from Russia, which is now uh, going to be 60,000 to 7,000 people each year. Wow! So supply and demand, basically. There's no yes. supply. So I recommend demand. your uh, people, if they want to go live in Israel, buy a home as soon as possible because prices are rising and sharply. Yuval, that is a great piece of advice. Thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you could get in on the conversation too, 301 768 4841 in North America, 0265 in Israel. Feel free to call in. Um, Yuval is correct. If you live in cities that are that are that are mostly Jewish, uh, you have much less problems than you live in mixed cities. Uh, it makes perfect sense, especially during tension times. You have much, much, much less problems. So, so Yuval feels safe. Iran felt safe. So, so the argument that Israel's not a safe country is a fallacy. It's a fallacy made up by a media that's anti-Israel. It's a fallacy made up by people who are discouraging Jews from moving to Israel because they feel that Jews are stealing other people's lands. It's a fallacy. It's fake. Many of the reports you see about Israel and about terrorism in Israel and about people, uh, people who are committing terrorism in Israel are manufactured stories because those stories tend to get, uh, tend to get eyes, tend to get uh, a lot of viewers and a lot of, uh, a lot of eyeballs. And that's why these stories exist. And they're meant to scare North Americans. They're meant to scare you. Because the agenda is to vilify Israel. So as long as you see these stories that Israel is the oppressor and, uh, and that these people are fighting back because Israel's oppressing them, you're meant to be scared. And being scared is a natural reaction, but you have to understand that it's propaganda and it's not true. And the only way to understand that, and I'll repeat this over and over and over again, I don't mind repeating myself, the only way to understand that this is all propaganda and not true is to actually get on a plane and go to Israel and look for yourself. Give it a try. Go on vacation. And then realize that this is the place that you should be. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer, really, when you think about it. It's really a no-brainer at all. I, I, I can't imagine that there are very many people out there who want to live in a city or in a country where, where paramilitary guys could get onto a train and go try to blow up a synagogue. I, I really can't imagine that, that this is a sustainable situation. I've been saying this for a couple of years in, in New York where Jews were being beaten up, physically harassed uh, on the streets, hats knocked off their heads, kicked and punched. But now it's escalated to a point where Jews are being threatened. They're not being threatened. Two men were on, uh, on the way to blow up a Manhattan synagogue to shoot it up and to kill the people in the synagogue. This is not a test. This is reality. And once we realize that this danger exists, completely exists, and that it's escalated from punching, punching uh, people on the street to, to, to shooting up synagogues, then we have to realize that these two guys are not alone. And whatever, whatever they believe, there are many, many other people out there who believe the same thing they believe in and who may try to do the same thing that they failed at. 
And if that is true and that is the case, then Jews of North America are in extreme danger. And if Jews of North America are in extreme danger, well, then we have to, we have to start really seriously talking about saving the Jews of North America. Israel has to really start considering airlifting Jews out of North America immediately, especially out of Manhattan and in New York. Now, they may not want to go. Assimilation is strong, and it holds really strong. But we all learned from the Jews of Germany that when a Jew hater is out there to kill Jews, the assimilation doesn't help. There were so many Jews in Germany who went to the gas chambers, who went to the crematorias, not understanding why they were even there. I remember uh, hearing a, a Holocaust survivor speak at a, at, a big, at a big event that I was at. And the man said, hey, listen, I, I lived a German life. I was a Jew living in Germany. We were totally assimilated. We had nothing to do with Judaism. We were totally assimilated. We lived Germans. We were high-profile Germans. We were rich. We lived uh, nicely. It was a beautiful life in Germany in the 1920s and early 30s. But then when the Nazis came in, they didn't really care how assimilated we were. They took us to the concentration camps anyway. And that's the truth. doesn't matter how assimilated you are. Doesn't matter how much you think you belong in this society. Doesn't matter how much you think you fit in. Doesn't matter how successful you think you are. At the end of the day, to the Jew hater, you're a Jew. And the guys who are on the train in Manhattan this week, and to the guys who will follow them on the trains to Manhattan to other cities with these kind of guns and these kind of weapons, don't really care if you're assimilated. If you if you hate Israel, if you love Israel, really couldn't care less. All they care about is that you are a Jew and they are there to kill you. So it's time to go to Israel, in spite of terror attacks in Israel, in spite of the of the hype, in spite of the the BDS movement that that's that's encouraging people to stay away from Israel, in spite of all that. It's time for you to realize that the only place Jews are safe, the only place Jews could live in safety and harmony is in Israel. And the only way to keep Israel alive and keep Israel strong is for more Jews to move there. That's it. There, there, there's, nothing, there's nothing else. That's it. It's a really simple formula. We just have to realize it. We just have to understand it. And we just have to stop being afraid and understand that there's nothing to be afraid of. Franklin D. Roosevelt did say, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And fearing fear is an irrational, it's an irrational emotion. You shouldn't fear fear. We should fear real things. And the real things to fear are the Jew haters that are coming to kill Jews in North America. That's the real things to fear. Everything else, we could just forget about. The real things to fear. Now, now, you know, I started off the show talking about uh, the Iranian uh, general threatening Netanyahu and saying that the world didn't react to it, and this is really strange that the newspapers didn't cover it, and you know, it was just one newspaper, one article, one newspaper. And I, th I thought that was weird. I thought that was really strange. But now after doing this entire show, I'm not worried for Netanyahu. I know he will be protected by the, by the state of Israel, by the, by, the, by the army of the state of Israel. Uh, I, I'm not worried about Iran kidnapping the Prime Minister. Although I think it's a ludicrous, I, I think it's crazy, and I think that the world should be concerned about things like that. But I'm not worried about it. But I think that Israel could be a lot stronger if, if Jews just moved there. And Jews could be a lot safer by living there. 
I want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank uh, I want to thank uh, you all for calling in and for everyone for listening from all the different countries that uh, that they were tuning in. I want I want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, to Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. I'm on every week at uh, uh, well Wednesday morning in Israel and uh, midnight on Wednesday in uh, in North America, and uh, I'm on every single week. And I invite you to join me every single week. You could uh, you could always email me if you have anything to say, any comments, any questions that you want to ask me. You could always send me an email. My email address is uh, is is available on the on the uh, on the Israel News Talk Radio website. You could find my email address there. And I, I want to remind you that uh, that it is time. It is really time for Jews in North America, and I, I can't say this enough. It's really time for Jews in North America to understand that the time for Jews in North America has come to an end. You can email me at howie at israelnewstalkradio.com. That's, that's my email address, howie at israelnewstalkradio.com, if, if you want to send me an email. Howie Silberger, this is Political Hitman. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you again next week right here on, on israelnewstalkradio.com. Have a great week. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 